Welcome to another episode of Pitch Black, America's Missing Soccer Stars. I'm your host, Matthew. And today's topic, we're going to talk about something even more controversial. What is the real soccer capital of America? Oh, I'm going to get some dislikes. Maybe I'll get some likes too, but we'll see on this episode. All right. Now, before we get things started, I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, the folks that listen to or that have been listening to the podcast and uh, was finally able to see some comments on Twitter. Uh, definitely keep them going. Keep them sharing because uh, the more I can see comments, the better um, on the previous episode as far as uh, one of the topics, the MLS, you know, and even more so America soccer needs a Deion Sanders. And um I I like uh, seeing that because it was, you know, I got some insights on players that could have been similar and some, I, you know, some um, viewpoints. Uh, one, for example, you know, uh, that I didn't realize until it was mentioned, Clint Dempsey, uh, he was that dog. He was that, you know, he had that, that, that fight attitude and... Um, you know, but it was subdued. I didn't know. I didn't even know what he sounded like until he, he was a, a you know kind of like on at the table, at, you know, sportscaster or whatever. And uh, I listened to him. I'm like, oh man, you know. Even when he saw it, he was like, yeah, I would have done this. And you know, it was just like I didn't expect Clint Dempsey to one sound like that. Two, oh, that's you know, that's why he had that you know kind of killer instinct. And I don't think he's the only one that had it he was just the only one that you know was allowed to vocalize it or you know that wasn't subdued and that brings me to a question uh why you know why are why is the american soccer from the federation on down to even kids to a degree why are we subduing that american attitude i i understand there's a difference of uh arrogance and cockiness uh you know there's a fine line and usually that fine line is winning <laughs> and if if it brings out the best in us as far as winning why are we holding that back um because I, just a fleeting thought a couple of days ago i thought to myself you know we're we're a large country We've, you know, 330 plus million people. And we've been kind of at this. We've been putting the resources into this. Um, and sometimes it's not just about money. You know, we have the population. You know, are we maybe we're just reaching our peak as how good the U.S. will be. Maybe other countries just will always be better, at least for the foreseeable future. But then after seeing the comments, I just thought maybe that's, you know, another missing piece another variable is we're playing with the same attitude as other countries we're not playing as if you know we we are the underdog or we want to fight we want to come out there and show off that's what we do that's what the dream team did that's what you know uh serena did she wasn't this soft-spoken i mean she originally was but she became this force that you know could probably bench press the other opponent across the net from her you know tiger woods wasn't timid his hell his nickname was tiger 
You know, it put the fear of God in anybody on the course against him before he even played. So why are we holding back with a, 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 a very, very confident attitude, American spirit attitude that we have in our athletes? Why are we holding that back from them? So, like I said, that's just kind of a, a little side topic. But the main topic I wanted to have today is who is the soccer capital of, the, of America? Now, before I get into it, this is my own little research. This is not, you know, any kind of substantial analytics. Uh, I just kind of put some things together because, you know, I was reading some tweets. Uh, I guess they were talking about a match that the um, U.S. men's national team had um, uh, against Uzbekistan in Kansas City at, at their stadium and um, Sporting Kansas City Stadium. And um, I think it's Children's Mercy Park uh, uh, Stadium. And it was, it, it wasn't a packed out. It definitely was not a packed out stadium. Um, and I know there's a lot of other factors. There's the NFL that started up. Um, you know, middle of the week or whatnot. There could be many different things. But I guess within a couple of months ago, Kansas City had placed on themselves as the soccer capital of America. And obviously this got people in St. Louis upset. And I started thinking, well, what made St. Louis the soccer capital? You know, I know they have a new team um, in the MLS, but does that make them the soccer capital? Um, so I did a little research and saw that there's many factors. So I wanted to break it down of what what is more likely the current soccer capital. What is the current soccer capital? So I put again, you know, I threw a, a couple of little variables in. And like I said, this is not scientific. This is just more so just hobby. And I definitely like to hear your viewpoint because when you're going to when I get to what city slash region I think is the soccer capital. Some people may be happy, most may be upset, but let's get into it. So the first thing I wanted to do, um, I kind of looked up, you know, what is the capital, capital city, uh, capital of the United States, what made something a capital? And that basically went to uh, a governing body um, for a, a a city or region uh made you know made the laws let's see um yeah that's pretty much it the governing body so i looked that up i'm thinking okay where are the headquarters where's the u.s uh, united states soccer federation headquarters where's the mls headquarters even down the usl and nisa and npsl well what i found out from there is if we based it on the capital, based on governing body making the laws, um, it'd be either Chicago or New York. And for USL, it'd be Tampa. But more often than not, it was Chicago or New York as the headquarters. So I'm like, well, that's, you know, I, I think that's just kind of a um, a phrase that we use. Soccer capital but it's not really the capital. Um, for example, you know, the capital, uh, you know, the, the capital of football in the United States, nobody would say, oh, yeah, of course, it's Harvard uh, or Penn. No, nobody would think that, you know, more than more often than not. Now, at one time, it may have been because it was derived from Canadian football in 
the United States uh, basically co-opted it and started playing it in colleges. Right now, if somebody said, what's like the college, you know, I mean, what's the football capital of the United States? It'd be somewhere in the South. You know, it may be Texas based on how many people are in the NFL. At one time, it was Louisiana because we had the most players per capita. It could be Alabama because they're winning national titles every other year. Uh, could be Florida based on how many players, California, you know, right now, Georgia has the most players per capita. So it moves around. And that's what I found out that moves around. It what may have been the capital may not necessarily be the capital um, in the next five years. Now, as I keep using the term, uh, let me again give you the definition of what I think. What. Where is the spirit of soccer strongest? So a couple of things I put together as far as who's going out. Are people going out to see soccer? Are they, is there a cultural impact? Are they winning in that area? Um, and, you know, I even threw in a bit of the culture um, just to kind of, you know, just to kind of be a little bit even, um, you know, based on what some people had thought of historically. Now, I saw, you know, St. Louis was considered, you know, at one time the soccer capital, their college, St. Louis, was winning multiple national titles. They did get beat by Howard, Lincoln Phillips, and beat them twice. That one that was removed was, should not have been removed. So we did have someone that beat the brakes off uh, St. Louis back in the day. But understandable, there's a rich, there was a rich soccer culture there. Well, that disappeared for a long time. That, if I, if I want to just base it on history, well, then I can go all the way back to Massachusetts where uh, natives were playing a, a form of football you know, when pilgrims came about, or the oldest, I think the oldest um, club that was formed, let's see if I have the name of it. I think it was not Oberlin. Uh, I really should have had this written down, but it was definitely, it was the oldest one um, club in the United States in Massachusetts. Uh, it's not in current operation, but it was the oldest. And I figured, you know what? We can, you know, it, that still would be unfair because a lot of states didn't exist. You know, it's hard to, you know, say how much Nevada's uh, uh, or Alaska's soccer culture has risen when they weren't a country for a hundred and something years after, I mean, they weren't a state for a hundred and something years after Massachusetts or New Hampshire was. So, and like I said, the, the metrics, the soccer capital metrics that I have, things move around a lot. Um, so I just try to focus on the past, you know, at, at least past 20 years, at least the past you know time that a lot of the, you know, uh, soccer players that are, you know, are fans that are in their 20s and 30s, well, what was the soccer culture in the pet, you know, in the 2000s that is causing this? What what it's really established that? So, first thing I did, I looked at attendance. Um, and I realized that's not fair. <laughs> so I had to break things down a lot more uh, because you have a place uh, like Atlanta United. Uh, they're literally in a 
football stadium that's designed for 72 to 73,000 people. Uh, same thing with Seattle. Um, I think there's another team. Oh, the uh, New England Revolution. They play in Gillette Stadium. And it's difficult to just say, hey, well, they obviously have the capacity. Now, it's great that they have it. That is a big factor. And for a second, I thought, you know what? Atlanta United is, or at least at one time was close to that. You know, jumped into the league, second year, won a MLS uh, Cup, I think won the U.S. Open Cup. Um, obviously setting records, not just nationally, but internationally as far as attendance uh, and creating a whole new culture. But as far as uh, attendance, I decided, well, what would be a little bit more fair is averaging the amount of um, the attendance per uh, cap, oh, sorry, attendance per percentage uh, filled. Uh, because, you know, if I have a 20,000 seat stadium and that's all that was built, but I'm filling it out, I'm, you know, over capacity, but yet there's a team that has 25,000 people with a stadium that's 30,000, you know, well, we're showing that we can fill out our stadiums and more often than not, if we had the population or the money, we would build a bigger stadium and still fill that out. So I figured that was kind of more of a evening um, uh, balance right there as far as how many people are actually going uh, to the game. Now, with that, the... The team that was really uh, that was number one with that um, was Gillette Stadium, uh, New England Revolution. So I'm like, okay, Massachusetts, and that's 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 understandable. That's understandable. Then there was Seattle. Um, so another thing was uh, MLS uh, players from that state. So instead of uh, city, because that was another thing, I didn't want to just do city. Uh, it's it, I felt the state represented more than what the city would and more often than not it's it if it's in if you have multiple teams in that state then you're obviously showing that you have a quality um fandom for it so because as far as city st louis was number one st louis had seven uh at least as far as uh 2022 had seven players in the mls from st louis um Las Vegas had six, Seattle had six, New York City had 11. Um, and when you compare that to population size, uh, St. Louis averaged, I think there was 24 people, uh, 24 players out of uh, 100,000. Um, yeah, out of 100,000 uh, were basically MLS players, or maybe a million. But it was a, a high percentage, it was the highest percentage. Um, so I went to state and California would have been the number one, 61 players from California. Missouri didn't even make top five. Uh, it didn't make the top five. And uh, number two was New York, Florida, Illinois, Pennsylvania. Uh, so then I want, I, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep deep diving. Uh, the next was registered players. Uh, then same thing per capita because it wouldn't be fair to go to put Iowa against California, obviously, you know, California has the largest, uh, most people as far as population and Iowa, um, is probably less than 4 million. It's probably one of the lowest. 
So I went by per capita and I was very surprised at the uh, numbers. It took me a while because I had to look up all of the only thing I could find as far as registered players was uh, 2013, which I figured was still okay because it's still within the 20 to 23 year rate since 2000. Uh, and like I said, most of those kids are now uh, adults um, that were, if they were registered at the time, they're in their 20s or even 30s, depending on how old they were. So I looked at registered uh, youth players uh, in each state with each uh, soccer federation for each state. Um, number one was Massachusetts, 24.8 per 1,000 people. So 24.8, almost 25 kids out of every 1,000 people or 20, 25 people obviously they're kids out of every 1,000 total people and I, if I had the stats for how many youth were um, the as far as the youth population that would be incredible number two surprisingly was Utah 21.4 number three Rhode Island 20.8 or almost 21 and number four, Virginia, 17.32. And I, um, number five was uh, Maryland, 16.2. And uh, six was South Dakota, 16.12. Now, I'll give those numbers, and to kind of give you a reference, Missouri, home of Kansas City and St. Louis, their number was 4.97, or pretty much five out of every thousand. Compared to Massachusetts, which was about 25 out of every thousand. So Massachusetts had five times as many kids per capita registered for soccer than Missouri. Five times. And like I said, I you know, made sure I balanced stuff per capita so that way it wasn't, oh well this, you know, this state has more people, so that's why this would be unfair or whatnot. It it, it actually balanced out. Um, if I have the stats, let's see, Massachusetts at the time, 2013, their population was 6.7 million and Missouri was, let's see, that's going to be my next test for my next podcast is to be more organized. Okay. Six point, um, six million, sorry, six million. So Massachusetts only had 700,000 more people than Missouri. So it wasn't like their populations were so far off. 700,000 is considerable, but when you have 25 kids per 1,000 people registered versus Missouri at five kids registered per 1,000 people, and you, you're you roughly in the same ballpark. Five times as many more people when you only have 10% more population. So, like I said, that, that was surprising as well. And so I just kept going. That was another thing. Um, I looked at championships, um, you know, MLS, uh, U US Open, just because it's older, it, it was a bit more inclusive because I know you have a lot of country, a lot of states that don't have an MLS team. And granted, that's also a negative against them because, well, if you didn't have an NFLS team, maybe you weren't on the roll. But 
having a USL team helps out too. Um, US Open was definitely um, dominated by the state of New York. Um, MLS obviously dominated, not even, I won't say dominated, led by LA. Now, like I said, this is more just a rough draft. I could get into the nitpicking, um, you know, statistics that I went to, but I think that might be a little bit boring. Uh, the solution I came to is, oh, oh, sorry. Let me get back. Titles, championship, I also went to college because I realized that's, that tends to be overlooked. When we looked at college titles, yes, like I said, at the early, St. Louis had 10 that last one was 1973. Um, you look at the most after that was Virginia and Maryland, uh, with their most recent being 2010 and 2018, respectively, and at seven and four titles, uh, respectively. And I realized my consensus on what is currently, like I said, it can move. It can move within a five-year span and that's kind of what you know i would say it goes but 10 to five years or even just say the last 20 of this generation the current soccer capital of america is strangely enough close to the capital of america i would say the virginia slash maryland area the dc area and I, by all means, I have no loyalties to D.C. I have no animosity towards D.C. But on average, they perform. They didn't have the best attendance um, as far as capacity. And I understand that a lot of times that can be how, you know, if your team is doing well or not. Understandable. A lot of the teams that were doing well as far as overcapacity had just received new stadiums. You know, it's it's easier to to fluctuate how many seats you can have if you're in a football stadium. So that's not fair. When you have a new stadium such as LAFC or Cincinnati, yeah, those are Minnesota. Those are getting filled out because it's new, it's shiny. So that helped them out, but wasn't the only factor. And like I said, as far as titles, uh, DC United, four, what, four championships out of five. Winning percentage as far as titles, that's that. That's eighty percent. That's the best. Even though LAFC has one more, they went nine times. As far as registration, they're right in the middle. Uh, and you know, keep in mind, you know, each state is basically sharing. Um, you know, probably a population with the other state. Virginia's uh, more often than not sharing with uh, Maryland and where they intersect. But they're both in the top five as far as. Uh, registered players per you know 1,000 people uh, per capita and just going on even more you know that they I think they have the highest percentage or highest amount of um, not only just soccer pubs per capita but soccer pubs in that region so and that's why I kind of you know alluded to it earlier it's more so regions. It's not just a city. But if I had to put my money on what is the current soccer capital of America, it is strangely enough near the capital uh, of America in general. Um, so, I, I you know, 
if you have some ideas, maybe you have some other metrics and you know, this is not to offend St. Louis or Kansas City. I'm sure those are great places and there's a, you know, there's diehard soccer fans. Um, but I just wanted to take it, you know, take a look at it a little bit more and see, you know, what would, you know, are they just giving this title to themselves or could another city, state or region really stay claim and show hey no we've been the soccer fans and we carry you know we're kind of the the home base for now for now uh soccer capital of america so there you go my opinion only no facts <laughs> other than these stats no you know no experience going to the games up there in dc but i'd have to say capital of the united states is also the soccer capital of america so with that i'm definitely gonna let you make some comments um as usual share comment uh you know spread this around if you can uh whether it's through twitter if you want to share it um uh, share the um the episode through spotify or any other um listening uh podcast uh, format that you listen to uh, please let me know what you think. What are your ideas? And even throw in some of those, you know, those facts. What what makes you think maybe your city or another city like L.A. or, you know, Texas is the new soccer capital? I'd like to hear what you say. And with that, I am done. And as usual, looking forward to kicking with you. Goodbye.